Hey, Connor. What's going on, man? I got a question for you. Oh, I hope I have an answer. So what I want to know from you is what is your favorite middle movie in a three-part movie series, a trilogy, if you will, Ooh. of all time? Um, well, this is a hard question. Uh, I, you know what? It, it Maybe it's not as hard as I thought because I, I, obviously I feel like Empire would be in there. Um. If I'm just choosing middle movies, uh, you got to have two towers for sure. Yeah. Um, Back to the Future too. Yeah, it is uh, my favorite. Back to the Future. I think a so. Good measure. I, I have nothing. I don't think there's anything wrong with the third one, uh-huh. but it's definitely not. It, it's not held up nearly as high as the second one. Yeah. I think it's it's mainly just the futuristic part that like it grabs a lot of people. Yeah. Everyone wants a hoverboard. I, yeah, I'm still waiting. <laughs> um, let me think here. Other trilogies: The Dark Knight. Yeah. Ooh, I didn't Ooh, even think of that. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that one. Fifty actually. Shades Darker. <laughs> oh wait, that's no, no, that, I, that's a personal one. <laughs> uh, this is hard. I, I mean, I'm trying to think of more trilogies. I mean, there's Indiana. No, Indiana well, Jones was a trilogy. It was, but yeah, now it's a quadrilogy. Yeah, but I don't even know if I because if it's a trilogy, is, yeah, technically the middle one is Temple of Doom. Yes. Oh. But like that's kind of weird because like Temple of Doom is actually a prequel to uh, the first Raiders one, of the Lost Raiders Ark. Of the Lost yeah. Ark. Uh, it doesn't make any sense, man. <laughs> I don't know. And that's just it. Like I always get it confused because it's right. It's the timeline vers- like version of it. It's it's definitely the wrong spot. Mm-hmm. But god dang it, ah, uh, I don't know. I think if I had to choose, it would be Back to the Future, Empire Strikes Back. Two Towers, the the, the Lord of the Rings, Two three. Towers. I think those are my top three. So you would actually omit The Dark Knight. Uh, let me rephrase that. <laughs> God, man, I don't know because it's like those three are easily so watchable. Yes, you know, and I mean Empire alone. That, that's you know, it's pivotal. Yeah, uh, and like it almost seems like a shame to put it aside for the Dark Knight, when Dark Knight itself is just it's amazing filmmaking. You right. know, you know. Besides, well, I think like I think it's fair to say that the Dark Knight is is a middle movie in a trilogy. Yeah, but it's actually the only really good movie in that trilogy. Oh, I know, and it, like, it holds itself on its own. Yeah, like it, it, if you and, like, never it has saw- no tie either way to. Like Batman Begins or Dark Knight Rises, yeah. Really, besides like little details, but it's like, oh yeah, hey, you know, Scarecrow again or whatever. Like, no one would know that otherwise. But God, I don't know, man. It's hard to say. I mean, what do you think about you? I mean, where would you put yours? Well, so we know, we all know that Empire is my favorite movie in the whole wide world. I know. So that's number one. (laughs) I think I will put Dark Knight number two. Hmm. Just, which I literally, as I say, hadn't even thought of. Like, I was thinking, like, Lost World. Right, yeah. <laughs> or Jaws 2. No, <laughs> no that, that's a four. Yeah, God. I'm, yeah. See, every, like, well, and that's, like, the thing with Jurassic Park as well. That now it's Jurassic World. Yeah. Uh, and then I would have said something like Terminator. Terminator's a great yeah, T- T2. T2, yeah. <sighs> but there's, like, All right. Several knock others. Em- <laughs> knock Empire off there. T2's number one. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. No, I mean... 
I, it, you can't pick a spot for these things, man. Yeah. I don't know. This is, I'm sorry, this was an impossible question. <laughs> <laughs> this would have to be something we'll come back to someday. But, you know, while we're talking about Empire, why don't we talk about Empire? Yeah, let's talk about Empire. All right. Uta puta, everybody. Hello, and welcome to Greeter's Shot First. My name's Connor. I'm Andrew. And we are here to talk Star Wars, all things Star Wars, and anything even friggin' related to Star Wars, in which today, we're back at it. We're on that road to the rise of Skywalker with our newest and latest installment, Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back. That's right. Now, is it The Empire Strikes Back, or is it just Empire Strikes Back? Well... It is The Empire Strikes Back, but mm-hmm. it's not abbreviated. Like, if not for the fact that the the is the first word after the colon, yeah. you it, you would lowercase it. See, that's what I'm getting at. So it's just lowercase <laughs> T-H-E. Yes. Empire Strikes Back. Like, just yeah. like comes out of nowhere. Yeah. So that's just, that's just it. Because it's like, it's hard to be like, you know, it's like the Revenge of the Sith, the Phantom Menace, right? you know, the Return of the Jedi, or whatever. It's like, you're all over the place, and it's like, hmm. I don't know, it's hard to... And it is funny, like, you know, because all the movies kind of get, like, abbreviated or, like, acronymized anyway. Right. Um, you know, and, and so, like, Phantom Menace is TPM. Yeah. The Phantom Menace. Yeah. And, like, well, actually, all of the prequels are kind of that way. So it's, like, AOTC. Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. And R-O-T- then R-O-T-S. Rots. Yeah. <laughs> I only just realized that now. What I've, kind of fan am I? <laughs> oh, my God. I've noticed that people are including the T in Rise of Skywalker. Ooh, so it's, so it's T-Ross. T-Ross. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, I'll take it. Uh, well, so, yeah, like as we started off before, um, we're going to be talking about Empire Strikes Back today. Only Empire Strikes Back. Only Empire Strikes Back. Except for all of the other movies, probably. Yeah, well, because, I mean, I think we've already established as much that, like, when we talk about whatever movie we talk about, we inevitably talk about all the movies. Yes. So, bear with us. I I actually, I kind of want to start us off with a question. Oh. Uh, Okay. So, what is, like, on this front, if you will, where we're kind of looking at multiple movies, (laughs) which vader appearance do you prefer his look in empire and return of the jedi or like a new hope and rogue one that's a good question because like it's definitely different Mm -hmm. um i always felt like his helmet was too big in return of the jedi Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean like especially like when you see it contrast to like next to luke skywalker Mm -hmm. i mean obviously it's always a big brooding helmet in the first place but I always thought it was kind of big. But the difference really is in the the, the lenses, yeah, like the, the eyes. eyes, yeah. So and like, there's even a part like when you're watching uh, A New Hope. Let's see, here we go. Uh, like <laughs> you see his eyes through the lenses, and yes. they're just like normal eyes. They're not bloodshot. They're not red or yellow or anything like that. It's just kind of like it's David Prowse's eyes. Yes. So, mm. but to that end, I'd have to say, and like just to keep on topic, Empire's uh, interpretation of Vader. I thought was really well done. I mean, mm-hmm. the gleam on the helmet and everything, it, yeah. it was not as like brushed. Like it was, yeah. you actually saw like the cleanliness of it, you know, the effective, I don't know, the shininess. I don't know yeah. how to say it. No, for sure. Like, that, I mean, I, I love that, like the first shot of Vader in Empire where he's just, just has, he's, looking he's staring out. into space and like he literally just disappears into that shot. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I, I, agree, I agree with that, but I would actually say that I kind of like the red lens. Well, I mean, obviously, it's got a, a lot of nostalgia with it. Yeah. And you got to appreciate the fact that people took in Rogue One when they were making it. They were like, look, we can't do this 
the hardware. You know, we have to really, you know, get it right because mm-hmm. they changed the suit so many times. Mm-hmm. And in uh, Rebels, our our you know one of our previous episodes, we were talking about you know Star Wars Rebels. Uh, you know, they the look that Darth Vader had in the show. Uh, resembled that of the ruby red eyes. Yes. You know, and it was very distinct and everything yeah. too. So it's Yeah, like with that kind of comic affect to it, it was like super like yeah. <laughs> and like the the eye line, like the 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 lining around the eyes too mm-hmm. that go into the helmet and start curving down. Yeah. I, I, it was like a just dis- it was a detail you never noticed until you looked at it. Right. But yeah. It's it, it was it was cool. Another another um rebels element that kind of borrows from Ralph McQuarrie's original oh, yeah. drawings. Yeah, no, I could see that for sure. Like it, like his was a lot more uh, a lot sharper, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a lot more rough more, around the edges. Yeah, kind of more samurai. Yes. Like more of a direct kind of parallel to that samurai no, look. I hear you. Uh, I like that. I don't know. I mean, so you're an Empire man as well? Yes. All right, I can dig it. Uh, why don't we do, uh, as we usually do, and kind of go down the uh, the cast list and the summary. You mm-hmm. down for that? Sure. All right. Um, I will do the summary here. If you want to do the cast list and the release date and all that. Okay. So uh, I have a question about this. Oh, crap. Go because ahead. you put this out here, and, and I'm not entirely certain what this means. Oh, yeah. Go in ahead. In terms of release date. Yes. So it says here that it released <laughs> May 17th, 1980 in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and that it released May 21st, 1980 us wide worldwide yeah so i mean when i was actually looking this up i i hadn't realized that it had come out in dc days before it and my first thought was like you know whoever the president was at the time jimmy carter was like i need to see that movie <laughs> you know and he just was like he's like i'm the president i can do whatever i want and that's what he got you know he brought everyone actually, to the peanut farm well, actually that probably would have been reagan i guess by that you point think? No, 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 no. He it was, won election in 1980. Yeah. So okay. it was Carter. You're yeah, right. Because I, I knew it was either Reagan or Carter, and I was trying to remember which one was in there. But regardless, the joke still lands. So <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, but the reason behind it opening up in Washington, and I'll just read this real briefly. The world premiere of The Empire Strikes Back was held on May 17, 1980 at the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. as a special children's world premiere event wow the film had a royal charity premiere in london at the odeon cinema in uh, Leicester square on may 20th which is whenever it came out worldwide but so they did this as part of a charity basically and i mean why i mean could you not pick a more perfect spot for it like when it comes to washington like mm-hmm. if you're doing it at the kennedy center yeah that's that's space, man. Yeah. I mean, that's spaceships and shuttles. And like, they did, they just went to the moon not too recently. You know, yeah. they were like, that, you know, that thing was up there. You well, that's, know? that's the one down in Florida, but that's besides oh, the point. No, either way. <laughs> the, Ken- the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. is just a performing arts theater. Oh. All right. Well, you know what? They had the Smithsonian. I mean, yeah. I could kind I get of go what off you're of getting, that. Yeah. I get what you're saying. You're picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, as, I, as I started there. But go ahead. Uh, the release date was May 17, 1980 in Washington. The, uh, the release date in the United States was the 21st. 21st. Yeah. So. Uh, but, but summary and then cast I, I know i put it backwards on the, yeah, on no, the list look, i'm that, sorry that works for me all right so summary goes the adventure continues in this star wars sequel luke skywalker mark hamill han solo harrison ford princess leia carrie fisher and chewbacca 
Peter Mayhew, face attack by the Imperial forces and its AT-AT walkers on the ice planet Hoth. While Han and Leia escape in the Millennium Falcon, Luke travels to Dagobah in search of Yoda. Only with the Jedi Master's help will Luke survive when the dark side of the Force beckons him to the ultimate duel with Darth Vader, David Prowse. And that's from IMDb. I figured that was kind of adventurous, and it doesn't really set too much up. So it's like, yeah. what's this movie about? Yeah. You know, it's just it kind of leaves it kind of blank, if you will. I, but anyways, as you were going, yeah. So this one is directed by Irvin Kershner. What? <laughs> yes. Uh, this should be a G. This is this is the first not well in in terms of the release order that we've been doing <laughs> these. This is the first Star Wars film not directed by George Lucas. I know it's weird. It is weird, but we'll get into that in a bit. Yeah, uh, it's produced by Gary Kurtz. Oh yeah. Screenplay by Lee Brackett and Lawrence Kasdan. Yes. Story by George Lucas. There we go. He's back. He's back. <laughs> Starring Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, Harrison Ford as Han Solo, Carrie Fisher as Leia Organa, Billy D. Williams as Lando Calrissian, Hello. Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, David Prowse as Darth Vader, Kenny Baker, R2-D2, Peter Mayhew, Chewbacca, and Frank Oz performing Yoda. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that in the credits? I actually didn't, because I think I stopped when I said Gary Kurtz. I was like, no way. No. <laughs> uh, but, like, I, I honestly never noticed that before. But does that mean, like, he was doing the puppeteering as well as the voice? Well, I yes. Guess? Y- yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a unique credit, I guess. Yeah. I don't know that it, it specifically means that, but nah. but that's, it's the only time that I can remember seeing something like that. <laughs> Well, that's still pretty cool, though. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, I just got a chance to watch this recently, and I got to say, man, am I wrong. <laughs> like, I, all the crap that I give you and everything for, you know, liking Empire and everyone likes Empire, like, it's mostly just to, you know, to be a jag half the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, like, uh, I I was I was able to actually sit down and genuinely critique this movie for, like, time in a long time, because... It's so easy to just put this on in the background and get real excited when some action starts, interest once everyone starts talking, right? Yes. And so, I mean, I found myself like, I put myself in a situation where I was just like, I was paying straight attention and I just was watching everything. I was paying attention to all the dialogue and like all the scenery and everything like that. And this also goes into just us doing what we do for the show and just in general, like reading all these books and comics and video games and all this kind of stuff, like all the lore that goes around it. Mm-hmm. And then you see where it came from. Mm-hmm. And Empire is definitely a step above the rest. Yes. And I'm saying that even including my beloved <laughs> Return, Return of the Jedi. Jedi. <laughs> and it's like, it's so, there's like the, the acting in it is perfect. The story is simple enough and driving enough that it's just, it's amazing. And I mean, I think my favorite part of the whole thing is just like poor C-3PO is basically the punching bag. Well, both him and Luke, I would argue. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you'd have to specify it for me. I know that like he kind of got Yeah. I mean, Luke does. Well, here, I have a note on this. Let me let me pull it up real quick. <laughs> All right. Because uh, this was actually like my first, first uh, note in the film. Luke literally spends the entire film getting wrecked. Within the first five minutes, he's attacked by the Wampa. <laughs> Then he crashes his snowspeeder and watches Dak die. Yeah. He crashes his X-Wing on Dagobah. The training on Dagobah where like Yoda's just like verbally abusing him the whole time. <laughs> and then the Vader fight. How do you get so big eating this? <laughs> eating food like that. Yeah. He really does just like, he's just like, I don't, you know, he's just one of those kids who just tags along. Mm-hmm. And like, he's just constantly like, no, you can't play. 
But he's like, I want to play. He's like, no, you can't play. And they push him onto the ground. Like, that's Luke. Yes. And I feel so bad for him. Yeah. But not nearly as bad as I feel for C-3PO. Because C-3PO, for the love of God, he's just trying to do his job, people. <laughs> like, to the entire movie, that's all he's trying to do is spout information and try and translate for everybody, you know? But, like, there were points where, like, it's it's basically Han. Mm-hmm. He's ba- he's playing, like, the bully half the time. Yeah. And, like, it's just, like, he hasn't... So there's one point where, like, they're on the Millennium Falcon, right? And they're like looking into the hyperdrive and everything. And like, uh, or, or C-3PO is like, I think I've found the problem. It said something about replacing a negative coupling or something like that. And he's like, yeah. well, of course I got to replace it. And then he walks away and goes, talks to Chewie. Like, Chewie, I'm going to have to replace the negative coupling. And it's like, that, why didn't you give him the credit? And there's even a point where Han walks away and C-3PO turns around and gives him the robotic side eye yeah. for being like, that's what I told you. And that's, yet you're going to do your thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. Re- I didn't. Really, I never realized I was going to be this defensive of C three PO. But good lord, <laughs> yeah, I'm defensive of C three PO. Well, that's fair. I mean, but that's because <laughs> this is like, I don't know. Like the portrayal of three PO in the original trilogy is like, yeah, you, like he's annoying, but you still like you view him as one of the heroes. Yeah. Whereas I do. I do feel like that's something that struggles in the prequels for instance. Oh my god. Well, you want to talk about punching bag. That's yeah, yeah that's all he was. Attack I mean, Attack of the, the Clones, clones yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was nothing but like a walking pun. Yeah. Uh but I mean, so to that end and everything like that, like there's we always talk about the lead scenes here and there for a couple of the movies. Mm-hmm. And one of the lead scenes for Empire that I'm really upset's not in there anymore involves 3PO. And to drive the lore of this deleted scene even further, this deleted scene actually makes an appearance in that Star Wars arcade game. All the way back when we started talking about our top uh, five games. Yeah. It's one of the things when you're on Hoth, uh-huh. it's this scene. So uh, the way I'll explain it is there's a point where Han and Leia are running through Hoth, the Hoth base, trying to get to the Millennium Falcon. And like, you know, some debris falls down from the ceiling and then they go away. And then you see C-3PO come around the corner. And like at, the, at this point, this is where the thing gets cut. You see him walk around the corner and there's this doorway with like a yellow sign uh-huh. and then it cuts to you know them running towards the millennium falcon the extension of that scene is him looking at that sign ripping that sign down and then continuing to follow han and leia while stormtroopers come far up behind him open that door where the sign was guess what there's a bunch of wampas in there yeah like there was the sign was basically was, do not enter uh-huh. and like they pulled one of the stormtroopers in and like that was supposed to hold them back like that would have been cool. Yeah. And not there, to mention that would have given C-3PO validity, but yeah. sorry. Well, there's a whole subplot about that. In yeah. fact, if you notice, um, I think it's when Han is, like, he's walking through this one area, and I think it's, like, when 3PO or somebody is talking about how uh, the princess is trying to reach him because Luke hasn't returned. Yes. And you can see that there's, like, a, a, a tauntaun laying on the ground. <laughs> that's Callie. Callie just ran into my desk, made a loud noise. So sorry uh, about that. Sorry, um, but so said, anyway, you said tauntaun. That was a that was a trigger word. That was the trigger word. <laughs> uh, but there's like a tauntaun laying on the ground, like looking like it's in pain. Oh, yeah. And that's, and that's actually part of that subplot that there were just wampas like loose in the base. Oh, and that's where they and they had like trapped them in there. Sheesh. Um, but they but they had caused some damage, killed some people, killed some tauntauns. You previously know, yeah i mean to that end I, there's a there's a book that came out before the first 
uh, new Battlefront game. Uh-huh. Um, it was called Twilight Company. It was like a companion novel, uh-huh. and it, it basically just followed this company of rebel soldiers that worked, you know, closely with you know a bunch of the bigger uh, fights in the Star Wars world. One of them being uh, them stationed on Echo Base. I'll have to go back to that and see if they actually bring up the Wampas or not. I feel like they would have, yeah, to that end, because there was also something you had said before that like they. Anything that's like deleted mm-hmm. in they one consider to be canon. It's considered to be canon. So right. like Shock T is able to die like three dozen times. <laughs> yeah. Because of that. <laughs> um but yeah. So I don't know. I always thought that was like they should have kept it. You yeah. know, and they already made like the Wampa look super intimidating to begin with, with Luke at the beginning. And to that end, like that's a whole nother like weird deep dive into like how Luke's character developed right there. Uh-huh. Because at first he's just that Han old buddy, you out there? Like he's that happy go lucky farm kid. Yeah. And he gets smacked in the face. He's like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and he's like, it's just scary. And then he ends up in his diaper and he's in the freaking back to thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, it's, the, I mean, it's funny. Like, <laughs> I don't like, they must've like shot this somewhat sequentially. I'd have or, to think so. Or maybe like anti-sequentially or something because like, when you see him in the back to tank, you're like, this is our hero. The back to tank does not look good on him. Yeah. Like for what it's worth, I, maybe it's just the way the cylinder's set up because yeah. it's like rounded. Yeah, so it and projects it, like, it. would really distort your But good dimensions. guy, yeah. it adds like 20 pounds to the band. Yeah. And I remember that thinking like, I could be that. Like but I'm yeah. that now. <laughs> yeah. But, well, but that's like just it. It's like it adds 20 pounds to his belly, but it like takes away any sense of like musculature, like in his arms or right, anything. Right, right, right. But then like by the time you see him on Dagobah, he actually does look, Kind of like a hero, you know. Just so you a can see, yeah, you can something. see him wearing those, uh, uh, uh the, like, like the, the, the undershirt and yeah. all that, yeah. He did sleeveless. Oh, God, he, he just had to show off. He was on Hoff the entire time, he couldn't show off the gun show. That's it, <laughs> had to bundle up. Uh, but what I'm getting the, at with well, there's uh, another that actually ahead. reminds me of another scene that was taken out of the film that I, I want to mention real Ooh, briefly. Go ahead, um, where C3PO and R2D2 like. C-3PO tells R2 to change the, like to increase the thermostat in the princess's room Ah. because it's freezing. Yes. And so he does and it causes everything to flood in her room. (gasps) So all of her clothes get wet and destroyed. So, and they, and once again, it's like, there is a line that references that happening. Like where 3PO says like, how was I supposed to know that? Uh, raising the temperature would cause it to freeze. It's supposed to be freezing. <laughs> oh, that's right. And he just goes, "Oh, switch off." Like yeah. that was that was the insult. Yeah, that's clever. I oh man, that'd be funny to see. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe it was for the best that didn't end up in there. Yeah. That would still be fun to see to this day. Yeah, I mean, and you, when you consider like the the way that that film, that Empire starts, yeah. it's like I don't think it would fit. Like to have kind of like this slapsticky scene no i mean considering how more dramatic this this movie is compared to the rest of the trilogy yeah um but what i was originally getting at with the whole wampa thing Uh like you were saying they were filming this sequentially Uh a lot of it goes into how mark hamill got a scar like along his jaw or like his face i forget exactly where it is he got in a car crash Mm -hmm. and like he was he had just started filming and everything like that and then he got into a car crash and they basically just explained it away like oh that's from the wampa attack right you know and that's that's just how it was for the rest designed to purposefully give him some disfiguring yeah uh something basically i mean that goes to you know 
uh, Han or Han Solo's always had this like scar on his chin. Uh-huh. Harrison Ford's always had this scar on his chin. Yeah. And so like when they did Solo, they're like, we need to do the origin of that scar. Yeah. And, like the one of the first punches he gets in the movie is just him like cutting his chin. Yeah. And there you go. Yeah. And that's uh, where that comes from. They do it in Indiana Jones too. In yeah, Last yeah, yeah. When he gets hit with the when he gets with hit with the whip. Yeah. I bet you he's kind of like the Joker. Like Harrison Ford is at this point, and he's like, I, know how I, I got, got these this scars. <laughs> <laughs> I was an archaeologist, you see. <laughs> and he was a fiend. Have, have you ever, well, never mind, I'm going to save this. We're for, talking a lot of Dark Knight and yeah. stuff, too. Jeez. I'm, I'm going to save this one for next uh, next, next movie. Fair enough. Do. Um, but, all right, so when it comes to battle scenes, yes. since we're on Hoth, I think... I honestly think that the Hoth battle, more than anything else, just resonates with everybody. Yes. Uh, if you ever talk to anyone Star Wars, it's either the Death Star or it's Hoth. It's right. one or the other. Mm-hmm. And like you know, I I always put up there, you know, M, uh, you know, Return of the Return of the Jedi and or battle, like the space battle, is just absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. But you really just can't beat this feeling that you get when when it's like you know the empires actually found them and they're attacking and like you could see that like they're still just kind of like a fledgling alliance right and all the people that they got so this is a fun fact all the people that they got to work with them soldier wise like all the extras and everything uh-huh. if you uh, you might know this i'm not totally sure but it's like it was the norway like like red army uh, not red army like the the red cross well, yeah, I mean, I believe they are, like, actual military members of the Norwegian army. Yeah, yeah, and it was like they got, you know, they got compensation and all that kind of stuff, but it was like they were there to not only protect them, yeah, but, like, to act in the film and yeah. everything. like, because they were, you know, in, basically, inhospitable territory, like, in, you know, very uh. far northern Norway in the middle <laughs> of winter. Yeah. Uh, like, they, they had all these escorts to, you know, to keep them safe, and they were like, hey, you want to be in the movie? Yeah. So and uh, why not? And yeah. They all had the proper like facial hair and everything yeah, like that. Exactly. Like there's tons of like seventies mustaches and yeah. stuff. Um, but like, I don't know. I I don't know how I thought about like most of the background characters because like it does a weird job of like focusing on just the heroes. You know. That's fair. I mean, it's interesting though because I actually kind of have a different thought. Like the first time we see inside of like inside of Echo Base. Mm-hmm you see all these people running around in the hangar. Yeah. Like while Han and Chewie are working on the Falcon and it's like all these extras that we didn't see previously, like in, in a new hope, for instance, yeah. like there's, there's like 10 people in any one shot and that's it. Yeah, basically. But there's like, you know, seemingly five or six times as many like in this one shot. And it's like, okay, now they got a little budget behind them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they threw everyone into orange jumpsuits or just white like uniforms, basically, or like yeah. tanish kind of uniforms. Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, of the pilots and everything like that, like I do love the one guy who's like two fighters against the star destroyer. It's like, you know, it's like we'll never make it out of here or whatever. And it's yeah. like once you get past the ion cannon, you'll be fine. Yeah. But like that dude, so like, much negativity. Well, there's so much negativity, and not to mention like the guy's delivery is not that great. Like yeah. he doesn't really sound concerned. Right. He's kind of like all right. Like he, it sounds like he was repeating it in his head, and when he was finally given the chance to like deliver his dialogue, he flubbed it. Like he was just like two starters, you know. Two fighters against the Star Destroyer will never make it out. Like right. he's just like thought to himself, like, "Dang it, Oliver!" You know, like <laughs> he's like, "You had this," <laughs> or something. But I like Dak. 
I right. feel bad for Dak. Yes. And this is it. So you were talking about Luke, you know, getting the crap kicked out of him through this entire movie, right? Yeah. Like, there's a point where, like, when he crashes the snow speeder, like, obviously, you know, Dak's killed. It, somehow, some way, like, there's, like, an explosion on the tail end of the speeder, right? Uh-huh. Is he really dead or is he knocked out? Right. Also, whenever it comes to uh, him, like, going back into the into like the cockpit when the when the walkers coming towards him i think everyone's first thought is he's trying to help dak which uh-huh. is what i always thought right and then i realized no he's just going for the grappling he's, gun yeah <laughs> i mean i do believe that he tries to help dak until he realizes that there's no there's no way like he can't save dak and that's what i thought too yeah. But uh, quite honestly, like it, it looks like he's just digging for the grappling gun the entire time. Like it doesn't even try and like pull on his shoulders or anything like that. And I'm like, you have all the time in the world. Like yeah. these things are slow as hell, yeah. you know. But I don't know. And then like to that end, uh, the effects in this movie are a step up. Yes. Like everything that they, you know you got from A New Hope, they just doubled it and just went even further. Yeah. I mean the AT-ATs look amazing. The mm-hmm. snow speeders, you feel the speed behind them, the yeah. way that they're edited and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Even the Tauntauns look really lifelike. Yeah. So totally agree. Yeah, and like I think also because uh, I you know I watched some parts with Eva and everything like that. Like this was the heyday of Frank Oz and J- um, Jim Henson, and, like all the puppets and everything, yeah. the puppeteering and everything. It's just stellar. It is. I mean, it is really, you know, there's so many things where like, I was just like, how did they do this in 1979 or, Mm -hmm. you know, when they were actually making the movie? Yeah. Pretty remarkable. Well, if you want to go even further. So when they're actually leaving uh, Hoth, like when everything's all said and done, well, I don't know. We should actually bring up the fact I learned this the other day and it makes perfect sense. The rebels had their own, version of the death star at least their own version of a super weapon in the ion cannon Mm -hmm. it's one thing you never really see again until maybe rogue one if that Mm -hmm. and like to that end like the ion cannon is just out there as a weapon Mm -hmm. and people have used it for you know bigger or lesser degrees and everything like that like you can get like an ion blast and like you know rebel assault 2 you can get a one in uh, the rogue you know rogue squadron games and stuff like that but like the whole idea behind an ion blast is just supposed to take their engines out like it's supposed to take out all their electrical systems so they can't come after you and a couple shots of that thing it neutralizes a star destroyer yeah and the first transport is away you know like <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> and like it, it's pretty gnarly and i i kind of wish they would have kept that in there i or agree something yeah you know, I mean, but more yeah I guess, may, yeah kind of continued that theme and like i mean it's kind of one of those things where um it kind of paints the good guys, the rebels in this, you know, after mm-hmm. a fashion, like in a good light where they're kind of almost using like less lethal means. It's than basically a stun blast. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, I could see that. You know, it, it, I just thought it was a cool motif. Like, and I mean, to go even further back towards like the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. uh, like the Clo- like I think of the first season of the Clone Wars, like the ones where they like premiered like the original Y wing, uh-huh. that the super weapon that they had at the time was a an ion blast yeah, cannon. It was, yeah, it was a massive, massive one, and it one. could take out star destroyers and everything too, and uh-huh. like Venator class star destroyers, and like basically they'd hit them with it, and then they'd just run by and just do broad broadside shots and just take them out. Good lord, <laughs> I don't know. 
We Excuse both me. just yawned. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had a bit of gas. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so fast forward through all that, and then you know everyone eventually escapes uh, Echo Base, and they're off doing their own thing. Somehow Luke and the rest of the entire like Rebel fleet are fine and dandy. Like Luke's just like, no, I'm not going to go up to the rendezvous point. We're going to go to Dagobah system, you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> well, it is kind of weird. Like, I feel like he quite literally just doesn't actually tell anybody that this is happening. He's like, I'll, I'll see you later. You yeah. Know? It's one of those things where it's like, oh, I'll totally be there. Yeah. And then you and I've up- always believed that's why R2 like asks him, oh, do you want me to, to do it? To do yeah. the piloting? He's like, nah, I'd like keep it on manual for a while. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, and like Luke's like, I'm not letting you fly this because you're just going to take us to the rendezvous point. <laughs> Basically. Well, to, I mean, so I'm getting that like everyone else makes it out scot-free save the Millennium Falcon because mm-hmm. the next time you see it after it takes off of Echo Base, it's being chased by three Star Destroyers and four TIE Fighters. Yes. That is not a good combination. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, I, I'm, I'm struggling to remember, like, the original cut versus the special edition. Like, all the spinning and everything that it does going away from the Star Destroyers, I can't remember if that's actually, you know, legitimately in the original cut or not. I think it is, but I can't say for certain. Like, I know they really didn't change... Like, for instance, I know they didn't really change anything in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. But we'll get into that in a little bit. I mean, not just because we're, like, we are literally going to talk about Return of the Jedi next. <laughs> but um, but we'll get into, you know, kind of the the consequences and reactions from this movie towards the end. Fair enough. Um, but I... I believe that that is authentic. Yeah? Uh, yeah. But it's not undoable. Yeah. You know, you look at how they made the TIE fighters go and everything. Yeah. And, like, the, I mean, the whole asteroid field in and of <laughs> itself is just, like, I it, don't understand, like, how they did that. A lot of a lot of layering or something like that, I imagine, had something to do with, like, making the, uh, you know, the matte background, like, mm-hmm. artistic deal. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I love the asteroid field. Like, if I had to pick a favorite moment in this movie, it's probably the chase through the asteroid field. Yeah. Because, I mean, just the way that the Falcons... Like, this is where you actually get to see the Falcon move. Mm -hmm. Like, you got to see all the action and everything in A New Hope, but God, this... (laughs) It became its own character in this movie. Well, it is funny. You know, it's like one of the things that Han says when they're uh, trying to escape from Tatooine is, you know... (laughs) Don't worry. Yeah. This one's got a few maneuvers. <laughs> yeah. And like literally the only shot we actually see is them like flying in a straight line and then they turn. Yeah. So there's a great line in Blue Harvest, the the family guy uh, parody, uh-huh. where he's like, don't worry, I'll run him. We got a few maneuvers. And it like looks like that was it. And he's like, well, yeah. He's like, you kind of just listed lazily to the left. <laughs> yeah. And it switches to the you know, the Empire and they go, look, there's a ship. Where? There. Listing lazily to the left. Oh, man, they got some maneuvers. <laughs> <laughs> And I always think of that. It's just, it's funny. But yeah, you actually get to see those maneuvers come out. And like, mm. I, I mean, it's not obvious. Like they don't show any kind of real destruction, but they do show the, the store, like the Star Destroyers kind of colliding to each other. Uh-huh. Cause there's also a point where like they, you see like the, you know, the officers are looking out the window and then they have that moment where everyone has to pretend like, Oh, we got hit with a laser yeah. blast <laughs> and they're shaking on the, uh, on the deck and everything. So I'm just thinking like they must've ran into each other. Like that was the maneuver that he did and he, like was able to bottle them up. Yeah. So only, he only had the, you know, the sentry chips to work about and thus takes them deeper into the minefield and everything like that. Well, I don't know how the, like the auto pilot works in this thing. I don't know if it was Leia like doing, the piloting at first but i mean whose idea was it to go towards this minefield basically in the first place the the asteroid field 
Because they're like Han and Chewie are both trying to fix the ship. Yeah. Like who's flying? Yeah. You know. Well, yeah. It's like I I think they must like Leia must have been driving them towards the asteroid field, not knowing she was doing that. Yeah. But like then Han kind of leans into it and is like, <laughs> "No, this is good. This is what we want. <laughs> take it in there. It's it's um it's like the best uh, line from the movie Speed." And they're like, are you going to slow it down? No, I'm going to speed it up. <laughs> and he speeds it up, and then they save the day. But that's just it. I mean, the whole flying to the canyon, and then when they actually hide, and like the hiding and the big space slug and everything like that, everything about that like yeah. scenario, like that whole set of scenes and everything, perfect. Yeah, and like that whole sequence, it, like it holds up so well, mm-hmm. like, you know, even despite the, the technological limitations that they were dealing with. Are you talking about the air masks? <laughs> well maybe not so much that i mean that would be my first indication is like oh there must be like some level of atmosphere here because yeah. like all we need are these things as opposed to like a full-fledged pressure yeah, suit like, yeah ah. but whatever <laughs> <laughs> all right well to uh balance off the asteroid field scene obviously we have to talk about dagobah yes now um that was a fun like thing to go back to and kind of see how everything worked out because it's like how is r2 even going to get down from there like i was like why does r2 jump off there's like oh no he gets knocked off because right. like it's slowly sinking you know uh-huh. and he loses his balance yeah and all of a sudden r2 just shows off one of his many appendages he's like oh yeah by the way i'm a submarine now like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so he does his whole thing and i love luke just like going back to the ship and like getting all the stuff out and like all his rations and all this kind of stuff and like he's just like He's sitting there eating like a Clark bar, and he's like, I don't know. Feels like, and then I was like, feels like what? And does the freaking, like a We're quick draw. Being watched. <laughs> Away with your weapon. I mean, you no harm. You know, that right there was perfect. And it's like, mm. and it was just seeing Yoda be Yoda and like silly freaking Yoda. Like he seems right. like he's mad. Yeah. Like, you know, he's just a cackling crazy cat yeah, lady yeah, or something. Absolutely. Ugh. That's, I don't know. I've said this before, but. This, one of my biggest problems with the prequel trilogy in its totality is just Yoda just shouldn't even be there. Yeah. Well, at the very least, he shouldn't be as stoic as he is. Right. But they also make the the good transition. Like, that's it's him putting on an act. Yeah. He's basically t- testing Luke in his, like, uh, in his... Um, Oh, what the heck! His like seeing how patient Luke is. Yeah, it's definitely a test of his patience. Yeah, and like when he like you know when he has does he little, have the right demeanor? He has this little outburst. He's like, I don't even know what I'm doing here, and he throws a perfectly fine stew across the room. Yeah, and then Yoda goes from being jovial to just, hey, I cannot train this boy. Yeah, and all of a sudden it's just like what, what crazy frog thing? Uh-huh. And all of a sudden he just like he switches from being like Annie Oakley to. I don't know, like Shakespearean, yeah, very much like authoritarian character. Uh-huh. Oh, and like actually seeing it, like I said, critiquing this movie and everything, I love that transition. Yeah, I love that because it is just such a like even seeing the recognition in Luke's eyes where he's just like, wait a minute, it's like, yeah, you're Yoda, you know, like <laughs> I don't know, it's cool. Yeah, it'd be such a, it would be this movie like Star Wars wouldn't be what it is today mm-hmm. if Yoda doesn't work. Yeah. But it does. And it works so well. I mean, like his Eastern wisdom, his Eastern philosophy, if you will, is just like, I literally like, you know, having just watched this and return, like I, I was just like hanging 
by you know hanging on a hook like for every line mm-hmm. of Yoda's like I really I just want to take this in and like enjoy it yeah and like <laughs> kind of find some sort of inner peace that I'm missing or something like that well getting back to the puppeteering and everything they just the Yoda puppet in general is mm-hmm. like really well done like because there's points where I didn't even realize it like he's just bent over and you can see his feet uh-huh. and it's like wow it, yeah. it looks like really lifelike and everything yeah, yeah fully articulated yeah and like uh-huh. him getting the light and just <laughs> you know doing his weird laugh um, but I I just like I think when it comes to the all of the scenes with Yoda and Luke if I had to pick a favorite of their interactions. It's mainly whenever Luke like sees his X-wing go into the swamp uh-huh. even further, and he's like, you know, don't have to think about the size of it, you know, just feel yourself through the force and everything. And he goes for it, and he's like struggling, and he can't do it. And like, first of all, he does it, like Luke does it, and he can't do it, and he looks down, right, and he's just kind of normal. And he walks over to where Yoda is, which I'm presuming is less than ten feet, uh-huh. and he just sits down heavily, and goes, <sighs> okay. I can't do it. It's too heavy. And it's like, dude, you what? Like, <laughs> yeah. you were not that exhausted like ten seconds ago. Yeah. So it's a weird cut. But then you know, he walks off. He puts his jacket back on. He sits down with his head in his hands. And then Yoda lifts his one hand. And it's that shot right there where it shows you that you know, big things come in small packages. Like right. it's like the power under this like crazy little frog guy yeah and the music and the swelling and yes. like you feel the way that the jedi is set up and everything like that and it's just like and like luke comes over and goes i don't believe it and then yoda says <laughs> that is why you, you fail, fail. that's a great line it's a great line all yeah. right well so you actually brought up something that i kind of want to touch on i do believe like i strongly strongly believe that em- or, yeah that empire is the best musical Star Wars film. I will say so. I mean, one of the most popular scores out there besides the original theme has to be the Imperial Death March. Right. But I love Yoda's theme. Yes. Because it's just, it's swelling, it's powerful. I love Leia's theme. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess it's the... The Han and Leia. The Han and Leia theme. But like, that's from the end of the movie and everything now. Yeah. Like, that's the, that's the, that's the one they play the lead into the credits and everything. Right. And it's powerful. Mm -hmm. You're right, though. Like, I mean, that... The the music itself works as a character for every movie and like it, it nails the job really well in this movie. I just you know, everything about it, like they do it really well and it's like really impactful. But you're right. I'm just trying to think of the best way to really describe it. I don't know, like even like going towards like Cloud City. Uh-huh. Like it, it explains itself that much more. Like it, like you are just flying through like these clouds on like a sunset planet. Like it's constantly at sunset. Yeah, you know, and like it's it because just, it's, it's because a, it's filled with Beldon farts. <laughs> the whole atmosphere. Oh my god! Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't realize this, uh, if we're gonna skip to, you know, we can move on to that. I think. I, first of all, I just want to commend ourselves for being like on point yes we are doing this sequentially yeah. which we don't usually do no normally we're totally all over the place well if we want to do it just but i think it's because this is such a tight story it is yeah <laughs> but it's actually easy to talk about in sequential order if we want to do it justice let's briefly talk about the bounty hunter scene yeah which basically opened the world to everybody because well that I, is where the expanded universe came from. yes yes exactly <laughs> so you get all the you get all the you know the aliens and everything like that in the cantina and uh-huh. like obviously like oh the galaxy's a pretty big place yeah but then you're like wait a minute there's people who hunt people 
Like it's like that's yes. that's what these people are, and half of them are well, not not even people. They're droids or droids or aliens <laughs> or ones just Dengar. Yeah, <laughs> like basically subhuman. It's like half man, half diaper. <laughs> <laughs> diaper on his head. I love like I love Dengar. Yeah, like it, he's kind of underrated. Yeah, but he's also just a schlub. Yeah, you know, like he so, is. Yeah. I don't know. Like I feel like he is kind of like the the actual real world parlance for like what a bounty hunter is actually like it's one of those guys is like a weekend warrior like yeah. he's like a mall ninja and he's like hey i got this for on sale yeah you know, it's, it looks pretty great right exactly or whatever that's 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 dengar yes um but yeah i mean so you get to see boba fett for the first time well yes well first uh first live yeah live screen, appearance live action time and that was cool uh i mean when you talk about special edition edits I don't like that they added to more Morrison's voice. No. It makes sense. Uh-huh. It honestly makes sense. Yeah. But it doesn't make sense. Correct. I mean, <laughs> it makes sense because, like, if you're going to make this stupid plot point that all of the clones, clones were Boba Fett. Yeah, were basically Boba Fett, then you have to do it. But at the same time, like, like that, like, just pure gruffness from Jeremy Bullock was, like, perfect. Yeah, because he, he actually felt, like, this cynicism. He was like, yeah. he's no good to me, dead. Like, it, it like he had, like, a whiskey-churned voice, like uh-huh. a smoker's voice and stuff yeah. like that. And then all of a sudden it goes to Tamora Morrison, where he almost sounds, like, too excited to be there. Agreed. <laughs> like, I, I was listening... Um, I, well, like I, I didn't really tune in too much to like the "he's no good to me" deadline, mm-hmm. but but the other, like his other one, put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. Like he genuinely has this like ebullience in his voice. He's like, yeah. put Captain Solo in the, the cargo, cargo hold. hold. So I got him. He's mine. Yeah. <laughs> like he's all excited about it. But it shows how cool he is. It shows how cool Bosk is. Yeah. Well, here's a fun fact. I know I can't do it, but can you name all of the bounty hunters that are up there? I want to okay. see if I can flex your brain muscles a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So, so you have Boba Fett, mm-hmm. you have Bosk, mm-hmm. you have IG-88, mm-hmm. you have Dengar, mm-hmm. you have Forlom. Forlom. Is he the, like the bug-eyed one? He is the droid. Yes. Okay. He the is other droid. for love of money. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then his partner and like his owner is Zuckus. Yes, who's the bug-eyed guy? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I believe there's seven, and I think I named seven. I think you did. So. <laughs> so that's better than me. That's 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 a good trivia question right there. That is a good trivia question. Uh, so yeah, like you get to see them all, and you have one of the best lines from one of the Imperials, where he's just like, "Bounty hunters, we don't need just scum." Yeah. And it's like, well, you kind of. <laughs> Meanwhile, do. like Bosk is just like dangling his toes. Like, like. he's <laughs> he's doing that like on purpose too, and yeah. like even his little growl is just like. <laughs> And like, that's the other thing too. Like, Bosk is purposely up on the edge of this thing, uh-huh. whereas everyone else is like back in like a straight line. And I yeah. bet you everything. Like those guys were like, um, <laughs> Bosk, like, what are you doing? Yeah, and he's just like staring down at General v- or no, like uh, Admiral Piet and uh-huh. whatever. And he's just like, he just like has this hunger on his face. Yes. When I love the like response from like the lieutenant who uh Piet is talking to yeah he says bounty hunters we don't need their the scum. scum and then he says yes sir <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how you get up in this world yeah <laughs> yes sir no sir right away sir <laughs> oh man there's like a lot of like a lot of imperials have a lot of good lines in this movie uh-huh. good our first catch of the day yeah like that guy was super excited about his line yes and i mean i don't know it's just there's so many people get choked out too yes and it's like god and that just shows where, like, you know, 
the uh, you know uh, Vader is still the bad guy. Everybody like yeah. he tempted, he flirted with the idea of choking the one guy in the conference room. Uh-huh. And now he's just straight up like yeah, he's just like murdering people at will. You don't do it, get out of here. Yeah. What's the first admiral's name? Oh man, um, it's killing me because I wanted to actually write this down. Yeah. Because I've mentioned before, he kind of has a backstory in another Timothy Timothy Zahn uh, book called Allegiance. Okay. Um, basically, it's just like a bunch about like a crew of star uh, stormtroopers who defect. Uh-huh. Um, but like one of the uh, one of the star destroyers that's like in the area wherever they are or whatever is manned by that admiral, and it's like ah, uh, isn't it like Ozzel? It's it. Yeah, Ozzel, like yeah. Admiral Ozzel. He's like, you've failed me for the last time, Admiral, or whatever. And then uh, the guy who comes in, um, guy who was in Game of Thrones, I can't think of his freaking name, the General. Uh, yeah. Was that General, General Veers? Veers? Yeah. All right. I, I didn't the, want to say the it only, I, I actually did want to touch on him. The yeah. only competent Imperial well, that we ever encounter. Well, he has, he's the only one who deserves the right to smile in this entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> because at one point, like, he's just in his ATAT, and, like, he, you see it, like, through the pilot's perspective. They're just taking out rebels as they're going towards the shield generator. Uh-huh. And it reverts back to him just standing there, and he oh, gets that little smirk. smirk yeah. And he's like, yeah. Because he, he finally is able to say, look. I did it, Darth Vader. Like, yeah. we got back at him. Although, allegedly, because, of course, we can't have nice things in Star Wars. He, <laughs> like, allegedly, he, like his AT-AT is one of the ones that is destroyed. Mm. And he actually do- does not survive the battle, even though it was his battle plan that he led to that. the only victory that we actually see the Empire have. Yeah, and I do like the fact that he tried to deflect, too. Like, whenever he went and got Vader, he's like, what is it? general and he's like oh we come out of the light speed or whatever he's like you've come out of light speed far too early it's like uh, the admiral thought it was it's like nah i do not care about the admiral he's failed me for the last time yeah he got somebody killed man he did <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous oh man okay i know r.i.p captain nita yeah yeah and we were going in succession apology accepted, accepted. <laughs> So we'll go back to that. Yeah, they get just like tracked them or whatever. And they do that thing. All right, so we're back at the asteroid field. We're back with all the bounty hunters and everything like that. Han is linked on the back of a store, like a, a, a Star Destroyer. Yes. How does he not get caught? Right. It's just, I, I, I don't get it. Like, I know that there's the idea is like, okay, if they're just too close, like they can't really the sense sensors, them. sensors, yeah. But there's windows, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would think... Yeah, like certainly somebody was like in the mess hall having lunch and was like... All of like, a sudden, it's like it just Oh, what's out. that there? Yeah. It's like they closed the blast shield? What's going <laughs> on? Or something. It's just like, good Lord. But he has... It, it's a crazy, crazy idea and it works. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they has the great idea of floating away with the trash and everything. And I always find myself like now like looking for the slave one because mm-hmm. that's also a great way of him to like track it. Like you said, like he was like... That's how he was able to, you know, track down uh, what was it, Obi Wan yeah. and attack the clones, and so it's just a cool little thing there. And you know, they had to show it more. Like there was like a little extended scene of like the Slave One chasing after him, uh-huh. which was cool. They had the old sound and everything like that. Yeah, but, <sighs> you wish there was more. <laughs> I agree, <laughs> totally agree. Okay, so what do you think of the uh, of the Cloud City cars? <laughs> twin pod cloud cars twin pod cloud cars say that five times you don't have to <laughs> <do that. laughs> okay um i always like they were never my favorite because i just didn't think they looked very cool like no, compared, it, like this like the snow speeders are like so freaking cool like right like 
of all the two seated like ships uh-huh. in this in this movie, but these just look like so dorky and like like the you know there's like a <laughs> there's a physicality to everything. Yeah, know? I mean, like I always felt like the snow speeder looked like it was you know it was fast and it was agile and whatever. You could actually get something done with it. Yeah, and like the twin plot twin plot cloud cars. I can't even say it once. It's just um, like are just like silly yeah and like I, I always envision that like how like if you're like okay we're gonna turn left like you have to talk to your partner in the other car yeah which you can't actually talk to him because like they're sealed compartments so you have to get on the radio and say all right turn left three two one left, left. it's like it doesn't make any sense at all like you should be able to just pilot by yourself like i don't know and there's also it goes back to you know talking about like the the family guy versions of these movies uh-huh uh, there's a point in like the something something dark side or whatever one this is, uh, where like they bring up the people in the cloud cars. They were like, "I'm turning left." No, I'm turning left. Like I'm doing this. Well, I'm doing this. It's like fine. I hate you. It's like I hate you too. Like it's just who the cloud cars are. Yeah. And it's like it's so ridiculous. And the only thing that even like closely redeems them is the fact that like you get to use it in Battlefront 2's campaign. Uh-huh. And I love that line where he's like. So wait, let me get this straight. You're telling me we're going to go up against a Star Destroyer in a cloud car? Yeah. And you're like, yeah. And he's like, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, that's okay. That's kind of cool. Yeah. But yeah, I I just don't understand the concept behind it. I mean, it's one of those things you have to struggle with, with like building a universe like this. You have to do something kind of unique. Uh And it is unique. It is unique for sure. But they could have easily just taken out the middle uh-huh. And made that little cloud car a, a spaceship. Yeah. Give it a couple wings, and that's a, that's a, like a one-man fighter. Like, it's yeah. a speedster or something yeah, like just, that. Yeah, some sort of, like, local police, yeah. like, you know, tactical vehicle of some sort. But exactly. it, just, it just looks so unathletic. I know, I know. <laughs> so, it, it's, it's kind of silly. But going back to, like, special editions and stuff like that, like, this is where a lot of the additions for this movie right. shine. Yeah. Um, like you get to see a new like way that the Falcon comes in and lands. Like you could tell that's, that's new. <laughs> Apparently, I because I've been listening to uh, Star Wars Minute and I'm on Revenge of the Sith now. Oh, um, they they talked about how there are 37 scenes of plane or like of ships taking off and landing mm-hmm. in Revenge of the Sith. Just because they're like, well, we can do this now. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> that makes sense. I think we've always said before, like they threw the Falcon in because they could. Yeah. You know, landing at the Senate building or whatever. But yeah, that is like, but I agree with that. I mean, you get to actually see the Falcon land. Uh, they, they kind of fixed a lot of the backgrounds. Like there used to be just solid walls or yeah, you couldn't and, really see through very well. And so they turned them into like just glass and yeah. like actually added some cloud cars going by and yeah. stuff like that. And they like all the, like not the interiors, but like there was a point towards, towards the end where like, uh, you know, Lando gets on the horn and like talks to cloud city and like, you get to see like the populace, like you actually get to see the crowds yeah. and it's like, Oh wait, this is actually a really big city. Yeah. It's not just a few rooms. Yeah. I so. think, I think like if you look on Wikipedia or whatever, they'll tell you there's like a billion people that live there. I wouldn't be surprised. Right. But it's like, you know, in, in the original cut, it's like, I've seen five people that live here. You mean there's a billion people that live yeah, here? Yeah. One of them's an Ugnaught for, yeah. for God's <laughs> yeah. sake. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, so your first impression of Lando. Now, this is important. So, like, when you first see Lando, what do you think? I'm 
I'm highly suspect. Mm-hmm. Like it literally as soon you know, the, just the whole first sequence where like they're landed and there's nobody. And as C3PO says, "There's nobody here to meet us." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like okay, so he's clearly doing something shady, and then like he personally comes out, which is also kind of like Weird. that's not like normally if you actually are a legitimate businessman, you would have somebody else greet and then they would take you to the Baron Administrator, yeah, or whatever, exactly. which is you. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I mean, genuinely, like my first impression of Lando is always that like I don't, I don't trust him. Yeah, and he just comes up and just goes, "You slimy, two crossing something, something or whatever." He's <laughs> like, "You got a lot of guts showing up here," and then just goes in and goes for the fight, and is like, "Good," he's like, "Good to see you, buddy," and all this kind of Han. stuff. Yeah, Han. Yeah, so that's where you learn to like, oh yeah, it's it's pronounced diff- it, it's pronounced differently from him yeah and it's probably intentional yeah you know uh, <laughs> well, they well definitely solo establishes that it's the, intentional yeah oh, but we do that. see i mean we see that in other places as well like like leia in particular like between a new hope and jedi empire well oh. an empire even like she goes from being princess leah yes from many in in the original star wars to princess then she's leia. just leia yeah. yeah well so i mean we met him, we met Lobot, you know, uh, and everyone's walking and doing their own thing. And it's like, they're just like old friends. And then all of a sudden, like C-3PO kind of gets left behind. Yeah. And like, they're just like, you know, I think I hear an R2 unit in there or whatever. And like, this goes back to me just saying like, the poor guy just gets beat up the entire, you know, like between him and Luke. And like, the point where he, you know, loses an arm, let's say that, Uh um, you know, and then like, Chewie's able to find him and like bring his parts back and all this kind of stuff. Like once he gets the head on and like gets him talking, it's that like fifteen seconds of memory before he passed away. <laughs> yeah. Where he's just like, Stormtroopers, here. I better alert everyone. Oh no, I've been shot. Like it's him <laughs> catching up with himself. Yeah. I always thought that was really funny, like the way that they did it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I like that scene. And like I mean, again, it's like in that instance, it's actually very clever, and it like it gives you a, a chuckle, even though it's obviously very serious circumstances. Yeah, but like I got shot. Yeah, but that's just like one of those ones that the, I don't feel like they always learn that lesson, and that's why we have the whole Attack of the Clones like Droid Factory. Yeah, subplot. this is such a great. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah it, it, it. I'm it, quite it's... beside myself. <laughs> it is weird how it kind of works itself out, but I mean, I don't know. I I like that. I love the Ugnots. Uh-huh. Like they're not even that substantial Chewbacca in the middle yeah yeah and like for whatever reason like as lore goes on Ugnaughts are responsible for everything like Ugnaughts are essentially like the dwarves mm-hmm. of this universe yeah. that like make all this the builders magical. the builders <laughs> right yeah like Star Wars would not be possible if it was not for the Ugnaughts yes <laughs> that's basically what I've learned and like I love the Ugnaughts I love Lobot and everything and then when you actually get to the dinner and Lando is like bringing him through and like you know leia's like i don't trust lando and han's like we'll be fine and then all of a sudden he's like i made a deal that'll keep the empire out of here for good yeah that should have been something like i don't know about that yeah and then he opens the door and starts shooting on darth vader yeah he just be prepared a, a perfectly sustainable lunch yeah and he's like <gasps> and he shoots him <laughs> so he was good enough to like catch the bolts or whatever I don't yeah know. <laughs> yeah, that one's never fully been explained, I feel like. He just, like, absorbs them. Yeah, well, have you ever actually seen, like, the breakdown of how that scene's done? No. So, like, behind the scenes, it's really interesting. So, like, what they have to do 
it's because obviously he pulls off at least two or three shots towards Vader, and Vader uses the other hand to pull the blaster out of his hand. Uh-huh. So there's a point where like he had to you know hold it up, and they actually like picked the gun out of his hand while he was in that motion, uh-huh. and it was going to be like a like that kind of deal. And then they would go do a shot of Vader where they literally did throw throw it at him uh-huh. and he couldn't see out of the helmet so there's a right. bunch of times where it's just bouncing off his chest piece and stuff like that but it's actually i think i have seen maybe that part of it but it's still like it's it's fun and like uh-huh. when you actually see the final product it's like wow that really worked out yeah that, yeah i can't believe they did that yeah and so you get to see more of his awesome power because he could just basically survive a blaster bolt and uh-huh. get sent to the carbonite freezing and all this kind of stuff and it's like Oh man, that's where everything really just kind of takes that turn. Right. I mean, that's, you know, we I mean, we talk about Star Wars as a kids movie, as a kids franchise, mm-hmm. as, as whatever. You know, but it's seriously like you know, things don't go well for our heroes in this entire movie. <laughs> Not really. I mean, I, you know, I mean, we've already touched on Luke and 3PO and then obviously Han is like literally incapacitated. Like you don't ever see that from like the the hero of the story. Yeah, he's taken out of the running basically. Yeah, that he yeah, you know, normally it would be something like a, like what Luke kind of deals with when he loses his hand, Ugh. you know, where it's like you're you're maimed in some, you know, horrible un, way. Yeah, in some terrible way, but you can still <laughs> get away or whatever, but you know, Han literally doesn't get away. Yeah, and that was I mean, that goes into the whole history behind it where people were like, well, Harrison Ford wasn't sure if he was going to come back. Like he, you know, he kind of wanted his character to be killed off, and so this was kind of their way of gambling. Like, okay, you know, if we want to keep him, let's just keep. To put it pun lightly, we'll keep him on ice for a while. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and so that was, I mean, that was a clever little thing in their part, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was still traumatic. Mm-hmm. You get one of the famous lines, "I love you." I know. Yep. You know, it's big out there. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else here. Uh, you get to see more of, you know, Boba Fett doing his thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. Chewie doesn't get gunned down when he starts throwing the stormtroopers off the platform. Yeah. They're just like, I mean, like, even Boba was like, I got to put this guy down. And Vader's like, nah, yeah. not yet. You just know, it's, wait. It's not his time. Yeah. So, but I don't know. It's just, it's it's emotional. It's mm-hmm. driving. And Absolutely. it's terrifying. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of lost on that whole scene right now. Yeah. Because I'm trying to think of what else. So, so when Luke actually, uh, you know, arrives and like, all right, we're waiting for Skywalker. Luke, it's, no, it's, it's all a trap. It's a trap. Uh, I don't. And like, Lando was trying to do the right thing. Like he had this whole <laughs> thing where it's like, I had, you know, I had no choice. I'm sorry. It's like my friend and gets the punch in the face and all that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, where would you want to kind of finish off with this? Because we got, we got, I mean, the final act here with right. Darth Vader and Luke and everything like that. So why yeah. don't you give us a little bit on that? Like, describe it for me. Like, when you see that scene, like, what what holds up for you? What kind of fun stuff do you mm-hmm. know? Well, it's it's kind of funny. I I honestly believe that as more time goes on, the more I actually appreciate that scene. Um, you know, like I think a lot of people. And this is certainly like an affliction of like our generation, perhaps, you know, because it's like, well, we we grew up on the prequels and what they look like in terms of the lightsaber battles. Right. Um, But I mean, honestly, I actually think the battle itself looks pretty good. Oh, I think so. I mean, the only time it gets kind of wonky is when like Vader retreats. 
Yeah. And then like whenever he's like in hiding and just like throwing the boxes at Luke, that doesn't look as good. No, because I mean, there, it, there's no point of like him using his hand. It's all kind of mental that he does yeah. it with, which I mean, it's it, you could say that is a thing. Yeah. But from every other example we've gotten, it's been like, you know, you kind of feel like you're wrapping it around your hand and uh-huh. thus throwing it or whatever. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But so it's like, it's very cerebral there. And like, I also just feel like, you know, like Hamill's physicality isn't super good. Yeah. Well, I mean, either. there are points where he's just like swinging and still getting hit in the face. And yeah. I, I think what they did was they just had like a fan, like a giant fan yeah, going just, like, and disorient him. Mm, and, yeah. But, yeah. Of everything else in that fight is perfect, except for him just kind of getting, like, smacked by that yeah, stuff. Yeah, Poor guy is, like, really just getting, like, that crap kicked out of him. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, but, I mean, again, it's like, you know, I think there's this, I mean, there's this real sincerity and earnestness, like, mm-hmm. in the battle itself. And then, obviously, once they, they actually go out into, like, the gas-collecting area or whatever that is supposed to be, who knows? Um <laughs> to ban a gas yeah um you know and and it's just kind of and then it's like luke on the defensive and kind of trying to hide from vader but then he gets caught and when he's like i mean like the fear and trembling that he experiences like when he's dangling from the uh that's some of the best that is some of the best acting is i agree i totally agree and just like because it's just i mean imagine putting yourself into that like you're holding on to basically a weather vane uh-huh. and you're trying to reach up and like get this you know the door and the door closes you only have one hand uh-huh. so if you want to talk about being precarious like that terrifies me uh-huh. you know watching it i'm like don't fall you know it's a, it, it is like a, a scary moment to be sure yeah whenever he actually gets to that point like when he's hanging from the weather, weather vane mm-hmm. Is, do you believe that's his hand that, like, falls down in front of him? Yeah! Oh, my God! <laughs> I, I, I always wondered what the hell that was. Because I saw it, like, there was a point where, like, you know, the door opens and he lands on the weather vane, but something just continues on downward <laughs> yeah. into the fart cloud. Yeah. And, like, I think everyone's first idea is, yeah, that's the hand. Yeah. But honestly, oh, man, I don't want to, like, ruin anything. Because <laughs> I, I want to talk to you about, like, the... The, like the Thrawn trilogy. Uh-huh. And I don't right. want to ruin anything. Or for that matter, the new trilogy. Yeah, new trilogy. Just it's another story the, from the time. The return, Maz! Yeah, yeah, Return of His Lightsaber. The hell? We want to know. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, if I had to say anything, most likely it's his hand. Yeah. You know? Because this also goes back into what I was saying about like a new hope and everything like that. Like, with these first three movies, anything that's in the movie... It's has, there. Yeah, it's has lore. been turned into something else. Yeah, and so yeah. that's just it. Like, you know, and like there's so many different stories about so many different things. Yeah. So, you know, who's to say that isn't his hand yeah. falling like, down there? Yeah, I, like, I feel like I've read so many opinions that are like, oh, no, that's not his hand. That's uh, it's just some piece of debris that broke off when he was falling. Refuse or, whatever. or something. Yeah. It's like. But that doesn't make sense. Like, we don't see any of that. Like, in the movie, like, it's all matte paintings. And and it's all, like, very clean as well. Well, exactly. It's not even, like, a Because it's matte paintings, yeah. Yeah. So even if it's, like, if they would have added, like, a pile of, like, paper or something that he fell in or, you know, Uh just regular trash, like, and that thing opened up, like, that was, like, the trash, you know, the trash door or whatever, like, the trash chute, that would make sense. Yeah. But it's one item. 
Mm-hmm. And you'd have to believe that's what it is. And also, if that's the case, that's amazing aim. Yeah. Because there's literally thousands of different like tunnels that you could go <laughs> that he through. could have fallen down. And yeah. he's like, where's my hand? He used the force. He used that's the force it. to find it. You know? <laughs> it. The lightsaber called to you, but you had to let it go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, he finally gets rescued. He's on the ship. Leia feels him through the force, and that's kind of our first inkling. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe there's something up here. Yes. You know, who knows there? And he's, like, connecting with his father through the force and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, it's it's just damning. Yes. You know? And when we talk about final shots, um, <laughs> so when, like, it... <laughs> this is my least favorite. Like, literally, my least favorite shot of Empire is the final shot. Really? Well, no, I shouldn't say that. It's with... Lando and and Chewie. Okay, well, why don't you lean into that? So you have, first off, you have Hando. <laughs> Elaborate. What does La- that mean? Lando Calrissian wearing Han Solo's clothing. Right. Yeah. He's got the vest. He's got the. You can the like shirt. tell the yeah the shirt. Although he buttons it up, which doesn't feel very Lando either. No, it doesn't. But like, you also got to. Re- Respect the fact that he's way more like he's more of a gentleman. He's suave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think I've told you that before. Like from what I've heard online, at least speculation wise, the reason he's wearing those clothes is because he left Cloud City with the clothes on his back. Right. And so, like, I mean, he still could have just been wearing the tunic that he had on. Yeah. For all we know, or like you're at the Rebel base. Like, who's to stop you from getting a uniform? Yeah. Or something like that. Exactly. Like, Especially he's like, since he goes for, like, he takes a commission in the army anyway. Right, yeah. And so it's like... Or the Air Force or whatever, I guess. Yeah, Space Force. Space yeah. Navy. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But so, the other rumor I've heard, though, of course, is that they are, in fact, his clothes. Mm. And Han has just been wearing his clothes for the last oh, 15 years. Oh, crud. Yeah, because he's just... <laughs> Well, oh, wow. Now that I think about it, like he didn't have any money, you know, and it feels like you would be spending more money on gas than you would on clothes. Yeah. Wow. Oh, man. You just opened up a whole new can of worms right there. I mean, besides that. Now, first of all, besides that, like I love the shot that they do closing in on the uh, on the medical frigate, like just yeah. the, just the like the assembled fleet. Regardless, I always love that. Like yeah. you actually get to see how you know. Yeah. Oh, it's like still the there. Rebel, yeah, the alliance is growing, and they never not, took it yeah, out. They're like, not totally knocked out. Yeah, and so like I love that, and I love like you know the fact that like you can see how the docking works for a lot of these things, mm-hmm. and like and once they fly off, like that's one of the most beautiful shots like to end on. Yeah. Is R2 and C3PO on one side, yeah. Leia and Luke on the other side, and it's just a nebula, like a whole galaxy mm-hmm. in the center. And apparently, it's just... that's because they're in the Rishi maze, Ooh. and they're looking back at the galaxy. Uh, so they're hiding. That's where yeah. they're hiding out. Yeah, which would make sense. Yes, you know, they would be hiding out basically in the middle of nowhere to get themselves together. Yeah. But the only other thing I wanted to bring up with that scene, like when it's you know it's Lando and Chewie leaving. And they're on their way to, we'll meet you at the, Luke says, we'll meet you at the rendezvous on Tatooine. Tatooine. Yeah. <laughs> Native Tatooiner can't pronounce his own planet correctly. Tatooine. He's been away for so long. That's it. You know? <laughs> He's like, wait, there's more than Tatooine out there? Or whatever. It's like, I'm, I'm a big fan of Beggar's Canyon. You know, or whatever. Beggar's Canyon. Eager's Canyon. Ah, <laughs> uh, whatever. Just trying to like. <laughs> you, you have to change how, how everything is pronounced. It. It's not ta- it's not Tashi Station. Tashi Station. Yeah. Tashi Station. All right. But yeah. 
I think it's one of the better closing shots. Like it's it's just it's beautiful the way it's done. And yeah, it, yeah. It so le- that actual final shot, I do love. Let yeah. me make that clear. But, <laughs> but it it leaves everything open enough to like when you come back for the next film, you know, you kind of like it 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 ends on a hopeful note, right? Which is like, in all honesty, like through the whole movie, you don't feel like there's much hope at all. Because they are constantly being yeah, they're, chased. Yeah, they're literally just losing the whole time. Yeah, mm. and like that goes into you know the final shot. It's like, well, maybe there is some hope for us after all. Like we're gonna we're gonna make things work. We're gonna come back and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna take one for the team and keep on chugging or something. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. Um, um, and that's I mean, of course, many will say though that's the flaw of Empire or why they don't rate it as the highest rated because it just ends in an unsatisfying place basically yeah which but i don't it's... i don't think it's too unsatisfying no because i'm a fan of like open-ended stuff like right. that now like there's cliffhangers yeah and then there's open-endedness where it's right. like you could round it out enough so it's like okay you know i probably would have liked to know more mm-hmm. but this is semi-satisfying yeah like a cliffhanger ending would be like luke is left hanging at the edge of cloud city and right. that's where it ends yeah and then but, all this, it's yeah yeah but we get you know, we get a little bit more resolution. We see a little bit more, and then we just kind of know, okay, this this is setting up what's going to come in the final act, right? So, at least at the time, <laughs> fair enough. Um, but yeah. I mean, is there anything else you want to cover on that? Yeah, the only like the only kind of trivia that I actually wanted to kind of hit you all with, because um, we've kind of touched on everything else. But so the thing with this film is. Like Lucas did something really crazy. He mm-hmm. basically paid for it himself, which you're never supposed to do. Yes, I remember. Um, yeah, you know, like he had to like beg, borrow, and steal to get the money to make the original, and like he hated that process. Yeah. So he's like, now I've got money, I'm gonna make this myself. But it worked, and that led to like the what we now know as like the Skywalker Ranch, yeah, like facilities. Rumors. So like literally with the success of this film, he was able to move. ILM to the facility they're still in today. Okay. Um, as well as he used the money to found LucasArts, THX, and Skywalker Sound. Wow. <laughs> so, like, the reason that movies are the way they are today is because of Empire. Is because of Empire. <laughs> All right, man. You're putting it up there on a pedestal, and I couldn't put it any higher. But let's finish this out. Uh, I'm going to ask you three questions. So, get yourself ready. This is rapid fire, maybe. Who knows? We kind of tend to tangent anyways <laughs> favorite line of dialogue oh man <laughs> there's so many <laughs> i know i know uh and like i genuinely was trying to think about this but i i didn't really uh finalize it i mean i guess i will defer to the most iconic like what i think is the most iconic well no <laughs> it's not the most it's probably the most star wars fan iconic line fair enough which is i love you i, I know, know. I think mine would go to Yoda, okay. and it would be uh, you know him talking to Ben Kenobi. It's like that boy was our last hope, and then Yoda looks back up and goes, "No, there is another." What? Yeah. Like what? <laughs> like if you don't pay attention to that, that co- totally goes right by you. And you want to uh, talk absolutely. about setting stuff up? Uh huh. Right there. That's it. All right. Favorite. This would be an interesting one. Favorite sound effect. The probe droid. Ooh, they're in the system. There is a something yeah. like that. Yeah, because yeah. it, it, it kind of sounds like he is saying weird stuff. Yeah, like I always thought it was like found him in the system. Found, found him in the system. Yeah, something like that, right? So 
my favorite sound is the Ugnaughts. Okay. Like they just, yeah. they kind of sound like angry cats. Yeah. Basically. And I would say Tauntaun is close second. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Cause it just, man, I don't even know what they would do for that. It kind of sounds like a wailing goat. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> I don't know. All right. So favorite sound, favorite line of dialogue, new favorite character. That doesn't include the heroes. <laughs> so, I mean, there's two. Well, that's not true. <laughs> It could be anybody, for what it's worth. <laughs> Wilro Hood. Is that the dude with the ice cream machine? Yep. Ah, oh, it was gonna be mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, my, I think we all know that. Like, my serious answer here would be Boba, Boba Fett. Fett. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I like Lando slash Lobot. Right. Uh, I think they work perfect as, as a, a duo. team. Yeah. yeah, as a team. And so, I mean, they're just they're perfect for it. And I, I mean, like, I think we've always said it before. Like, you know, Lando kind of comes off as like, you know kind of shady in the first place kind of like a scoundrel mm-hmm. but that's that's star wars yeah you know that's the kind of character you want so that's where it is for me i think that's it yeah yeah well <laughs> hey thank you gang uh i hope you guys enjoyed listening to us uh kind of almost sort of you know doing empire sequentially. Mostly, mostly did it sequentially except for <laughs> one little point where we just had to clean up a couple of loose ends. yeah i know I, I got excited for this part but i forgot to talk <laughs> about that part uh so but uh, did you guys enjoy it? is there anything we missed uh, you know any more tidbits you guys like to throw in please don't forget to check us out on facebook uh while you're there uh please leave us a like and a and a share or anything like that subscribe tell your friends tell your family tell everybody why not uh, also, you could find us at reggieshousepodcast.com while you're there. Please don't neglect to check out games in that podcast. They've been kicking butt recently. Yeah. Uh, they recently did an episode I really enjoyed on Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. So it's not just games. Yeah, not just video games. It's like it's... mental games. Yeah. Well, I don't know. But still, <laughs> I thought it was really cool. Uh, they talked about a lot of cool stuff on there. And obviously, there's a lot more stuff coming out towards the end of the year with Christmas and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. We're going to be having uh, Fallen Order coming out before too long, I'm yeah. sure. They're going to be sure, talking about that. We're going to be that. talking with them at some point. Yeah, we're probably going to have to do a collab at some point. But please don't neglect to check them out. Uh, and then also you can always find us on Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. And while you're there, please leave a like and review and a rating. Yeah. Uh, that really helps us out. And we appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to listen to us. We hope we've been funny. We hope we've been factful. And above all else, I had a great time. Did you have a good time? It was a boring conversation anyway. I bet it was. Thank you.